Welcome to Disney Minus, the uh, Disney podcast we, where we are slowly but surely making our way through the Disney Plus catalog. Uh, I'm Dan, aka These Are Not My Beautiful Boys. These Are Not My Beautiful Kisses. <laughs> I'm Steven, and I've been stuck recording the same episode over and over. What's happening? I'm Kat, and I really couldn't think of anything because you guys were had the better ones. So, hi, Haley. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I said said I would say hi to my sister because she loves this movie. So, there. Aww. Are you happy now? I said hi to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're talking about uh, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, a... Christmas special released in what? Late 90s, early 2000s? I think so. 1999. That was it. 99. Oh, back when VHS was still around. I yeah. know, right? It's an anthology of Christmas stories starring the uh, Mickey and Friends cast. I don't think that's what they're called, but you get what I mean. Right. Uh, their official name is the Sensational Six, and I have an ongoing headcanon that they are all immortal gods uh, compared to other Disney characters, like, for example, Matt. Interesting. Uh, you should watch DuckTales 2017. Anyways. Uh... <laughs> One thing that I want to mention before we get started is there wasn't, like, a ton of trivia about this movie. It's mostly, like, little meta in-jokes. But sense. one thing, but one thing that I thought was funny was um, IMDb.com. You know they have the parents guide. This actually has two mentions for sex and nudity, one for violence and gore, one for profanity, one for alcohol, drugs, and smoking. <laughs> I'm like, wow, they they were, and when you look at the list, they were really reaching. Like for the sex and nudity one, it's talking about when the one char- the male character, accidentally enters the store called Lumberjack Lingerie and is immediately kicked out. But they have that on the parental guide as a warning. Okay, I was like, I, was... Cause I know Pete smokes, and I guess they have probably glasses of wine at dinner in the first uh, one. Honestly, the only um. The only alert for that was, of course, Pete smoking the cigar and also comically lighting himself and his Christmas trees on fire. But they do note he survives. Well, wow, that's slapstick. This is a deeply fascinating look into into the sort of people who are afraid to show even mildly worrying content to their children. I mean, for violence and gore, they li- they mention characters accidentally light their butts on fire in two different scenes. I'm like they re- they really had to be looking for this. Ah, I guess that the thing I was. Twice. Yeah, well, I mean that's kind of a given though. In a lot of well, not just Disney, but a lot of cartoons, someone is eventually going to get lit on fire, and it will be funny, right? And it will be hilarious. Should we do? Does do any of you have like uh, fond uh, childhood memories of watching this? I actually don't think I've ever seen this one all the way through. I feel like I've seen bits of it here and there mostly i think like the tail end of the goofy one and then random bits of the mickey and minnie one but i don't think i've ever seen the whole thing all the way through i feel like i have to have at some point in my childhood because i remember watching it though everything 
after the goofy segment just starts to gradually fade away. Yeah, that's fair. This movie I remember pretty well just because it is, as I mentioned in the chat before, this is one of my little sister's favorite holiday movies. Like, this child is, she is in her first year of law school. She's getting married soon. And when I told her that we were going to be doing this movie, because I thought of her when Dan picked it, she was like, wait, what are you talking about? I was like, what do you mean did? I still love that movie. Oh, like, wow. So, no, she has, it on DV- she has it on DVD. It gets brought out with the Christmas movies every year. And now that she knows we're doing the podcast, I will probably be made to watch it at some point. All right. I'm... It's a cute movie. It's just a nice little feel-good movie, and it's short, too, so, like, when she was younger, it came in handy, because, you know, little kids don't really have that great attention span, but I could put this movie on, and she'd be happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, time-wise, this one is pretty tight. It's, like, an hour, a little bit over an hour for all three segments together. I think so, because they're each, like, about 15 minutes or so, I think, maybe a little, or 15, 20 minutes or so, and then the little buffers in between. Jeez. Sorry. So yeah, good movie. Good, good, uh, good feel good Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Uh, I guess we should like start by noting like the sort of the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Framing segments. It's just like showing a Christmas tree and these Christmas cards, and like they're all like a little prelude to what the story will be. It's nice. Yeah. Right. I, I also did that with Kelsey Grammer narrating it. I I just realized the connection between it showing a boat as the little thing under the tree for Donald's story and how that actually plays into the story. Right. You just noticed it? Shush. Judging. Now, I should note, I didn't take a lot of notes because uh, I... I was working on a short time frame when I watched this, uh, but I did take a note for the first segment. So let's start with uh, the first one. It's uh, Stuck on Christmas, uh, based on the uh, Christmas Every Day short story. Oh, right. That's what it's based on. Yeah. So, it's Christmas morning at Donald's house. The uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are resting happily in their beds. They are woken up by uh, Chip and Dale, who are nearby, just riding a little train. Yeah, which I guess... I, again, I don't know why it took so long to click, but I guess it must be Santa, must have been Santa probably got for him. But not that it, I mean, not that it necessarily matters. We don't like spend a lot of time on it. But yeah, chipping. Da- oh. oh shit, Craig's gone. Uh, hang on. Uh, the boys are woken up on Christmas morning. Uh, they, they see their presents, they open them up, uh, um, I remember what the presents were, but I always forget which boy is which. I mean, they're color-coded, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, the the boys. Okay. Yeah, no, well, I forget. I forget which is red, blue, and green. Okay, so I think it's Huey is red, Dewey is blue, and Louie is green. I think. I think yep. that's right. Okay. Yep. Uh, this is why you should watch Ducktales twenty seventeen because they are distinct, separate characters, each embodying different aspects of how they've been depicted in the past. Yeah, I want to. I've that. I've heard it. I've still seen that yet. It's amazing. One of the best TV shows I've seen in the past five years. Ooh, there is we it, go. Is it on like Netflix, Hulu? Ah, uh, Disney Plus. The first, sure. Yeah, oh. the first two seasons are on Disney Plus. Okay, the third season, which is currently airing, is not. <laughs> Until. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They're actually getting canceled. Or they're sh- the show's what? ending. I don't know if it's canceled or just ending. But it's ending with the third season. Uh, so, the boys open their presents. Uh, each one color-coded to them, including uh, an airplane, uh, a monster truck, or remote control of both. And I forget what the what Huey's is. It's a rocket. This is a rocket ship, but I... I don't think it's remote controlled. I think it's just a toy rocket ship. At least yeah, I think the, I think the car is the only one that's remote controlled. No, the, I, the plane I'm pretty sure is too. Is yeah, it? there's like one bit where it's being remote controlled. So right, maybe. okay. Donald uh, comes in, is shocked <laughs> to see them ahead of time, and tosses his breakfast tray up and gets hit by the tray and covered in breakfast. Which remember that because that was yeah. I've got. I've got all the important notes down here. Okay. Uh, Don't take Dan's note, Stephen. I I did take notes for the first segment, but that's it. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, Do- Donald is able to get over it quickly, though, and he presents them with presents. More presents. Uh, he got them some sleds. Uh... Uh, they're very excited about this, but they don't read the card that he got for them and just try to head out to uh, get their get their sledding on. Yeah, they literally like trample right over him on their way out, so the card ends up just kind of slapping Donald in the face, which is you hate you hate to see it. It's sad for him. Before they can leave, uh, the rest of the family, specifically. Uh, Uncle Scrooge, uh, Daisy, and a third character who I don't think is as well-known called Aunt Gertie show up. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the only time I think I've ever seen Aunt Gertie. I think this is the only time she shows up, too. I think I remember saying that she doesn't show up at any time (laughs) else. Huh. Wow. Uh, I just sort of assumed she was like some sort of Carl Barks deep lore pull. (laughs) (laughs) She's like Mickey's sister, seen a couple times and then never again. There you go. She's cousin all over from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, she wants... She's here to see her boys, and she's here to get her kisses. <laughs> oh my god. She says it. She says it a bunch. She yeah. Does. When, it, when she comes... The first thing she says when she comes in is, Where are my boys? Where are my kisses? And that exact sort of intonation. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's it's haha the joke. Oh, the kids don't want to get a kiss from random older female relative because oh she gives such sloppy kisses. Why do we have to do this? Yeah. Which like I but, think they literally have them soaking wet afterward too. I think so. I feel like I remember that happening. Yeah, I mean sloppy wet kisses. Ugh. I've been cursed with internet knowledge that makes that less comfortable. Oh um, no! They go sledding. Yes. They spend the whole day sledding. Then it's dinner time, and the one thing better than Christmas. Then, uh, then, uh, Christmas Day, it's Christmas dinner. This scene bothers me so much. Not the scene itself, just what they have for dinner. Oh, they're having a, a big roast turkey. Yes, uh, ducks having turkey. I don't, it's not... It's close not enough okay. to be disturbing. Yeah, I okay am going it. to have to show you a certain gift from a recent episode of DuckTales 2017. Oh, oh God. God, I don't want to. Uh, I am morbidly curious. I have to see this. Yeah, admittedly. You know what? I'll explain it for the audience. But Uh, show us too so we can see it. Yeah. Uh, So, in a recent episode called They Put a Moonlander on Earth, uh, it's a long story. There's a character who's from the moon. Her name's Penny. Uh, She is trying to adjust to Earth life. And it's with, uh, I believe, either, oh, I can't remember. Actually, I'm going to have to cut this out so I can David get the... Is this the as Scrooge? Yeah! Yeah, he, he's, uh... Let's see it. Yeah, it's David Tennant doing his natural Scottish accent, and frankly, yes. he's an amazing Scrooge. Oh, yeah, that's it. right. Oh, no, right. no, the poor man, that means he's going to be Scrooge McDuck forever now. No, he's already the he's already the tenth doctor or eleventh. No, he was the tenth. But no, I mean because Disney like keeps their voice actors forever. The last guy that voiced Mickey died voicing Mickey. Yeah. Oh, they look so cute. Oh. Hang on, I didn't post it right. It, I didn't put. I had to delete it because I need to get the actual GIF. Ah. The ducks were so cute. I just need to show the GIF. It's. Uh, hang on. Is something bad gonna happen to the ducks? Nothing no, it's probably bad. eating turkey again or something. No, it's nothing that morbid. Okay. Uh, I don't I'm just trying to get the gift you. to play right. And I am going... I'll have to figure out what I can and can't cut out of this. Uh, download. I don't trust either of you because I know Steven, and I know enough of Dan that I don't hey. trust either of you. I can't understand Steven, tell that. me I'm wrong. I don't want to lie. Right. I, I'm i much more online than either of you and know a this lot of true. stuff. This is true. Dan is so, the, he's the same Here's the one. gift. Wait a minute. Uh, there are two ducks, and there are two other ducks, and two of these ducks are, are Webby <laughs> and Dewey, and the other two are just normal ducks that aren't cartoon-talking animals. She's so and confused. <laughs> and uh Dewey and Webby are feeding the distinctly non-funny animals some popcorn and it's normal uh except to Penumbra who is not accustomed to our earth ways I don't I don't like this I don't like <laughs> to think about it 
I mean, it's the same thing about, you know, Goofy walking Pluto, so. He, listen. Yeah, exactly. There, there's animals, and then there's funny animals. That is, yeah, that's right. That's literally, I think, the, the label that Disney gives them, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it was also an early term for furries before ah. furries were really established as a term. They're anthros. It's animal versus that, anthro. Mm-hmm. So, with anyway. that out of the way, they're having their turkey dinner. Uh, <laughs> and the boys are getting real sloppy with it. Uh, <coughs> I think Huey, or no, I think Dewey, like, takes a bite out of a loaf of sliced bread. Like, yep. in the middle eating? of the okay. loaf. I think it is, like, a straight-up loaf of bread. Okay. Yeah. I, like, thought it was, but I wasn't 100% just because of the... Yeah, like you the said, main concern bite, bite is that it, our my main concern is that it's already sliced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Daisy's okay with it. They're just enjoying their dinner, even though Donald's were upset about them making a scene. Uh, Daisy tells him to STFU. We cut to after the dinner, and. Scrooge leads the family in song. They're singing carols for the night before, before uh, presumably the rest of the family leaves and they go to bed. Yeah, it's it's sweet. It's a good night. This should be. Did anyone else notice Aunt Gertie gets really into singing the carols? Huh. She's got this weird dance where she's just straightening one arm and then the other, almost like she's lifting invisible weights. Right. I'm like, I'm not against it. It's just odd. It's like, it. the animation works in the cartoon, but like, I think at one point, one year, I actually did that just to see what it would look like, like in the privacy of my own room. And I got like three seconds into it and it was like, okay, I'm embarrassed and I'm the one doing it. Uh. So before bed, Huey, Dewey, and, oh, by the way, uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie do not participate in the carols. No, they're too cool. They're they're just busy playing with their toys. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, can't blame them, but yeah. So, after a wonderful Christmas, they think, man, Christmas is great, but wouldn't it be great if it was Christmas again? Uh, so they again. wish. Upon... So they wish upon a star to please make it Christmas again. And they go to bed. And then what should happen? So, so the story begins with them waking up, and it's Christmas. Uh, Chip and Dale wakes wake them up with their uh, their train. Next stop, uh, Toyville. <laughs> yeah. But now they realize something's weird. They like that choo choo a lot. Uh. They go down, they get their presents, and uh, the presents are un- aren't haven't been wrapped unwrapped yet. Yeah, like if I remember, they check the the toy box first, and the toy box is empty where empty. they put the presents in it or the yeah their new toys in it the night before. Right. Mm-hmm. And they realize when they turn when they try to uh, use their uh, day calendar to move to the next. To flip it to the next day. 
It's still December 25th. I love this detail. So is yeah, the rest I'll... next one. Love... The whole calendar. That was a good detail. I like that they did that. Like, literally every page now just says December 25th. It's Christmas every day. So, so of course, what better way to explore this than a montage? Because, well, actually, yeah. I mean... How else would you explain an endless time loop? (laughs) They they do the thing that happens in like every time loop of having just a like a transparency of like a bunch of calendar pages just constantly flying around over every scene. Yeah. Who knows how long they, how much of an eternity they spent that December twenty fifth. I'm sure you could figure it out, but I'm not gonna. For. For a while, they're basically just redoing the same Christmas. Like, oh my god, it was so fun. Let's just do that same day over again. Then they get bored with that and make some decisions. Yeah. After a certain number of loops, they realize they're not enjoying it. And they decide, let's change it up a bit. So, uh, they just... Oh, I'm trying to remember... The exact order of events here. Um, I didn't. This is past the point. I start. I took notes. Stephen, you might have to help me with this one because. Uh, let's see, the fuck around. The fuck around and find out loop. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, the first one we, the last one that we see any real detail on, is is the mean loop. Um, instead of just letting, because notably, uh, there are a couple things that have repeated in every loop. Uh. Like, no matter what happens, even if they're not involved, Donald always accidentally spills his breakfast on himself. Aunt Gertie always says, where are my boys? Where are my kisses? As soon as she walks in. There are well, one or two other things, do I think, but I don't remember. <laughs> but, um, so this one, they just decide, yeah, like, you know, Dan, like you said, it's the fuck around and find out loop. Because they specifically sack up a bunch of stuff for Donald to trip on. Uh, instead of just letting him trip on his own and fall. Um, they basically go out of their way to be little shits. They, didn't they, like, get scuba suits or something when Aunt Gertie showed up? Or is that the next yep. Yeah. No, yeah, when they're trying to ruin everything, they do the scuba suits. Okay, okay. Let's see. I don't remember if they do anything uh, different in the sledding segment. Hang on, excuse I me. I think need so. to turn something off. Come to think of it, Daisy and I think Uncle Scrooge, no, not Uncle Scrooge, but Daisy I think ends up coming out of this time loop okay. Uh, I think anyway. I mean, like, involved in, like, some of the scenes where a bunch of collateral damage is happening, but I don't remember them specifically targeting her for anything. Um, But anyway, um, so, like, the next, the next major thing is at dinner, um, they have replaced the turkey with a turkey. Let me back that one up and try again. They've replaced the cooked turkey with an alive turkey. Alright, I'm back. Okay, I was at they replaced the cooked turkey with an alive turkey. Uh, yeah. And obviously which I don't know how they manage this, but obviously the turkey suddenly just being here is scared and goes on a rampage of it. Again, not, not, not that the turkey itself is being a jerk or anything. It's just scared and running around. But it ends up basically breaking everything. And well, somehow or another, the tr- no, the the last thing doesn't happen yet. Hang on. Not just doing that, but like 
Donald's trying to chase after it, catch it. Yeah. And which makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. As Donald Duck is liable to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, anytime you chase a wild turkey around the house, it's gonna go wrong. Yeah. Yeah, there's kind of no right way to do that, I guess. Uh, somewhere in there, um, Uncle Scrooge's candles and... Ah, uh, something else. It was his candles in one other thing. I don't remember what he had. His oh, piano? The candles. Yeah, the, duh, they broke the... <laughs> they broke the candles in his piano. That's... I don't know how I remember the candles, but forgot the piano. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically the point. Basically, the point is everything gets trashed after the turkey. I don't even think they catch it. I think it just disappears or just runs off at a certain point. It just poofs. It got. It got out of. It climbed out the chimney. I think was it the chimney? Okay, I was assuming probably a door, but either way. Um. So yeah, uh, Christmas dinner is ruined. Christmas itself is ruined. Uh, everyone's miserable. The house is destroyed, and the tree falls over. Yeah, no, Not it's so tree. sad because Donald's like, "Well, at least we've still got the tree," and I think like, kind of like, just barely even taps it, and it just falls over on top of him. Mm. And That's the cartoon ki- logic. Eh. And the kids. Huey, Dewey, and Louie are over here thinking everything is funny, but I guess this is kind of like what finally drives it home that, oh, wait, everyone didn't actually have as much fun as we did. And then they finally notice the the card that was with the um, the sleds that Donald had been trying to get them to read in, like, every time. <laughs> right. And I don't remember, I don't remember exactly what it says, but basically the it was something to the effect of Merry Christmas, boys. The pre- the point isn't the presents, it's the togetherness. And they that's basically what makes them finally realize, wow, we've kind of been jerks, huh? So, so they decide yeah, tomorrow... <laughs> yeah, right. So they decide tomorrow, we're, you know what, we're actually, we're going to get it right. Yeah. And did they actually... Yeah, no, they do manage to save Donald from getting the breakfast spilled on him, don't they? Yeah. They okay. catch like the entire tray, I think. That's it. Uh, they they decide to uh, make Uncle Donald breakfast in the best way three three children of indeterminate age can. Uh, they included cupcakes is, too, which is nice. I think they're yeah, lots of sweets uh, and cereal. Uh, they use their sleds. To make a dream boat for Donald. I know. I'm not sure if that's the best or worst thing they could have done, but I, I, I guess if it's more about being nice, then that might be. Yeah. That might be a good idea. It does end up unintentionally not being very good, like a little bit later. But this one, to- at least this time, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah. Right. The boys get their kisses. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah no like notably this time they meet aunt gertie at the door and they're like don't forget your christmas kisses and they like give her a whole bunch and she's like oh you kid mm-hmm. um they invite the turkey to dinner don't they i think yeah. they do because they had ham they wind up having ham you know yeah. there's a certain implication i'm getting from this <laughs> which Actually, is yeah you mentioned it 
not it's less the ducks feeding ducks and more the implication that the turkey that they had for Christmas dinner was this one. Yeah, oh, you know, now you mentioned it. I guess that is kind of how you how it shapes up. Because I was sitting there, where did the ham come from? But Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh guys, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> Which which, considering we know in the original timeline, Dizzy or Daisy, I think, is supposed to have made dinner single-handedly, means that there was a scene we didn't get where she defeated the turkey in single combat. Oh my god. That's a very exciting I'm... way of saying butchered. Well, yeah. Uh... Crap, I didn't even think about all of that. Oh my goodness. Haley, whenever you listen to this episode, I'm sorry. Eh. Uh, I'm sure she'll enjoy it. Uh, and of course, they uh, lead the carols along with Scrooge. Doing uh, Aunt Gertie's dance. Yeah, they're doing oh, the yeah. piano. That weird little arm flex dance right along with her. It's like yeah. really enthusiastic jazz hands almost. Have you noticed that? Kind of? It's like yeah. napping and jazz hands. Yeah. Uh, go jazz hands. Uh that works. And that a and with this the cycle is complete and the next morning it's December 26th. Yeah, they wake up and it's finally tomorrow. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's tomorrow. They are very happy to have uh, to realize that it's not Christmas anymore. Chip and Dale throw out their tree. And I believe they go sledding on the dreamboat. Well, they try to. Um, and I like how yeah. Donald... Oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. I was just saying they're helping Donald up the hill. And um, he does... Donald does the whole, you know, normal people thing. That's like, yeah, I know. You guys probably wish it could be Christmas every day. And they're just <laughs> like, no. Dear God, no. <laughs> they're like, we have learned our lesson. One of the things I thought was kind of interesting about this one is, you know how like in a lot of animated movies or TV shows, a lot of the times, you know, the kids or adult or the kids or the younger characters tend to be voiced by like teenagers or adults. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in this entire movie. So like all three segments, this is actually this one in particular is the only segment in which the kids are not voiced by kids. Yeah. So, like, in all the other ones, anytime you hear a child character in the other two segments, that's an actual kid doing it, except for the nephews in this one. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the way the kids talk in the other segments definitely feels child actor. Yeah. A little bit more natural, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so they, they get Donald up to the top of the hill in the dreamboat, and it takes off. I, know, I think that's because they started freaking out and pushed harder when he uh, mentioned yeah. wishing it could be Christmas every day. Oh, yeah. So, I think that wraps up the first segment. Yeah, yeah. it uh, it shatters on the way down. Um, Donald ends up, I think he ends up crashing into something. I don't quite remember, but it's like the happy, good-natured, oh, ha-ha, look at us having fun kind of yeah. thing and not more, less, yeah. more so than like him being mad. Not the, you know, usual Donald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I am finding myself imagining 
a DuckTales 2017 version of this where everything is different because of how that show is written. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be interesting. I mean, shoot, they revamp, they revamp and reboot things all the time. Why don't they do an updated version of this one? I mean, yeah, I yeah that's... They love bringing back, like, old duck stuff. They make some real deep pulls in that show. Uh... Like, like one of the characters that shows up in, like, season two for an episode is Feathery, who's, like, this character who is, like, fairly obscure in, like, America, but was, like, a really popular character in, like, oh, I can't remember, some part of Europe. It could have been Denmark or Italy, but, or maybe Polish? I don't know. Uh... But, uh, yeah, they, a place where duck stuff is really popular, but in a very different way from it, it is here. Uh, so. So, yeah, let's, uh, go on to segment two. A very goofy Christmas. Yeah. This is... As a uh, as a bit of trivia, trivia, real quick, which Disney notes canonically takes place before Goof Troop, and I'm yeah, I was gonna say this oh. seems like it's a very pre Goof takes place before Goof Troop. Because uh... Max is itty bitty. Yeah, I think that's the main thing is just how young Max is, but still, and actually voiced by a child. I remember that these last two segments less because I didn't take any notes on them. No, you're good. Um, I somehow, like, always missed the first couple minutes. I do not remember very much of the opening shenanigans. But it's oh, yeah. basically centering around um, Max is finishing up his letter to um, to Santa and just barely doesn't get it outside in time. The mailman is right about to drive off. And like a gust of wind blows, uh, goes or comes by, and I think knocks it out of Goofy's hand or something. There's a whole the whole beginning of this movie is a series of shenanigans with Goofy trying to track down this letter. I mean, pretty standard Goofy stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, it'll cut back to Max a couple times, and, and the poor boy is doing his best to stall the mailman. Like, no, please, you can't leave. My dad's coming back with my letter. We have to get it to Santa, and the mailman just wants to leave. Yeah, there's, they like, there's like a whole chase scene. Uh, they they go through a mall. Uh, Goofy ends up in a again. Goofy is inside and immediately outside a lingerie store. Uh, yeah. Which I guess apparently was enough that parents needed to worry about. Yeah, I, you know, I am wondering if... Was there two nudity things? Because I feel like I know what the second one is, if there's a second one. The, uh, no, I don't want the app. Stop that. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, the only warnings were the, you know, the male character accidentally entering Lumberjack's lingerie with underwear in the window. Um, the other one is just, uh, they, it says there are very mild relationships, kissing and hugging, etc., and very mild <laughs> in the window. 
Great. I'm glad we have to. Wor- I'm glad someone was concerned about that. Uh... And then also, oddly enough, uh, the uh, the characters lighting or accidentally lighting their butts on fire is included under the sex and nudity heading. So I would have put that I under guess. violence, but okay. That's what I thought too, but no, the only one that's under violence and gore is okay. No, wait, I'm sorry. The accidentally lighting their butts on fire is also under violence and gore. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. So yeah. Uh, at one yeah, Goofy has to like get into the toy store and get the letter back from there. It is. It's very chaotic. It is. Yeah. It's a. It's a lot. He ends up. Somehow or another, getting he doesn't walk away from the mall. He doesn't leave normal. He le- he gets like shot out and somehow flies all the way back over to his neighborhood and lands headfirst into the mail truck. And it's just like here you go. That's how Goofy works. And no, yeah this this whole this whole segment is only furthering my headcanon that Goofy is some kind of chaos god because just. Gesturing vaguely at all the shenanigans. I support this theory. Yeah. Does that make Max a demigod, yes or no? I vote Or is yes. Max mortal? I vote yes. I vote yes. We see, at the very least, in a Goofy movie, that he is more resilient than normal humans should be, but he does age. I mean, especially in an extremely Goofy movie, too, where he goes off to college and he's doing all these, like, extreme sports. Oh, yeah. So... After uh, they deliver the letter. Like Pete uh, notices, right? Is that yeah. the next thing? Do they have any downtime? Uh, they like get home and uh, they're shoveling, talking about Santa. But after they're done shoveling, all this, their driveway gets filled with snow because of Pete's uh, snowblower. Yeah. Pete's a dick. Yeah, Pete be like yeah. that. I'm still trying to figure out how he got pegged. You know, it's some people are into the are into. Hmm. <laughs> See, if it's I'm kick, very. Up with I don't know where I'm gonna what I was gonna say there, because there are things I could say and would say in other circumstances. Oh no! But to you, it feels a little. A little much to say to you. Uh... Well, now I'm morbidly curious. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Number one. Oh, no. Uh, oh, God. There's a list. <laughs> some people really like big, big men. That is true. Mm-hmm. Number two. According to certain wiki users, Peg Pete is insanely sexy. I'll just say to each their own. Yep. Uh, But that's all I really have to say without going in. That's as much as I can say. Uh, uh, I I guess I could explain the second part a little more, but... Let's not. (laughs) I don't think you're, you're online enough to be able to bear, I don't know, not witness, earshot of that. Uh, oh no I find plenty of messed up memes I just have yet to see any of that particular kind but okay okay uh so the the giant zipper in his kingdom hearts pants is making a little more sense 
Steven. You know? No, it goes. I, no, his pants in Kingdom Hearts are preposterous, and I do not like to see it. It is literally yeah, they, a zipper from like all the way at the front it, to the all the way around to the back. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah. So. Max or Pete tells Max that Santa isn't real. You know, and, like you do. Yeah. The thing you tell a little kid who really wants, who's really excited about Santa Claus. Uh, what I am entertained by is the way Pete delivers it. He has a very, I know more than anyone else sort of way about it. He says he's been all sorts of places, including Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds like Pete. Yep. I mean, obviously it does, because, nah, but you know what I mean. But, like, Max is getting his faith in Santa shaken. Meanwhile, Goofy finally finds the front door. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Hmm. It's, I, can't I mean, I say that like it's a significant thing. It's not. That's kind of just how the scene ends. Yeah. Is he finally, like, digs his way out of the mountain of snow that has that Pete, like, shoved over on top of their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so... I think the la- the next scene is in the evening, unless there's, like... Oh, right. Right. Uh, I think there's, like, a bit where Max is contemplating what Pete said while looking into a globe. Yeah, dude, this messes Max up. He basically spends, like, the whole rest of the day just grilling goofy on like how could this even be how could um yeah how could santa even be possible in other words he's yeah. being ass for no reason so no, i gotta Max, say he's freaked out that's why he's asking it was pete that was being a jerk that's what i'm saying is pete had to go and put it in his head oh, oh okay no i'm with you i did the other way around max is like asking how santa manages to do it all in one night and Goofy gives, like, this very nice answer of, he's been doing it for so long he knows all the shortcuts. Uh, <laughs> somehow I'm remembering all of this just from memory. Um, yeah, fair. I think what happened... Yeah, di- Goofy's, like, trying to prepare a turkey dinner to questionable a questionable degree of quality. Yeah, somewhere along the way that involves... Like shoving, shoving an entire box of stuffing into the turkey. Yeah, that's like one of the first things he does. He does the fucking post about about. He does, he does the post that's like this is the worst part about making a pizza, and he just oh shit shit fuck um. Oh my god, is Craig actually arguing with you? Hey. Hey, he's back. It's back. Uh, something about a pizza. Yeah, he does the fucking, uh, Tumblr post that's like, uh, my, this guy I was eating tried to make me a pizza, and then he said, this is the worst part, and takes, and, uh, takes a, takes a, 
a hot tray out of the oven with his bare hands. Gloved oh. hands, but not mitted. Ooh. Yeah, he do. Done yeah, that before. Uh, seems to seems to cool off very quickly because Max is able to grab it and Goofy grabs it again later and there's no problem, so... Yeah, and, like, even Goofy's gloves are fine. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. Yeah, I think that sort of wraps up that scene, I think. Yeah, we kind of cut Just, from yeah, there. Yeah, throughout to... the scene, Max is, like, questioning Goofy, and Goofy's, like, giving answers about how Santa can be Santa. And... Then we go to, uh, they, they're taking a big meal to the home of someone less fortunate than them. Which I think, I feel like the end implies, the, I think, I think the end of the segment implies that this is just their neighbors. I think it yeah, is. Which, I, I mean, it's it. nice either way, but. But still, though, I mean, it's, even if it's not like, you know, close neighbors, it still implies that it's basically somebody that's in their little sphere. Yeah. This family that they either know or know of, they're making them a nice dinner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, Max is like, is grilling their kid on how can, or how does Santa. Yeah. Uh, I know this is a cartoon, and I know this was made in the late 90s. I am, it's just funny to me, their depiction of poverty, because they have a house, it's just not very well decorated. Yeah, it's just kind of dirty. And, like, the kid has two toy cars. And then, let's see, they have their dinner. Yeah, the dinner itself is over pretty quick, because it cuts almost directly from that to after dinner. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, Goofy, like, shenanigans the whole dinner onto the table only furthering my my thesis about him being a chaos god because like he trips bounces off of the table onto like i'm pretty sure he hits the ceiling a couple times and everything just falls into place sounds about right hmm. you have watched two framed roger rabbit right yeah i have it's been a while but i have well yeah Same. that's uh, how tunes work they can yeah, do anything as long as it's funny right tunes that's is true. It. which yeah, that's pretty much 100% of how Goofy do, so I guess that's right. Uh, I'm trying to remember. So, like, the next bit is, like, like Max sees Goofy dressed as Santa. Yeah, no, it leads off with him asking the family son, well, have you ever seen Santa? And the kid's like, yeah, and Max is like, really? Where? Right there? Yeah, uh... Yeah, Goofy is dressed as Santa. He, being Goofy, is not able to keep up the disguise. And... Well, in fairness, under normal circumstances, it looks like he would have gotten through this entire night being fine, or doing fine, but, like, Max ends up, I think, accidentally taking his his hat off? No, like, this little... One of the kids That's there, it. Okay, yeah, never mind. Uh, pulls off the, the sort of beard and hair and and hat and max realizes it's his dad he's deeply disheartened he's he's lost his faith in god aka santa uh, 
He goes home and says, God doesn't reel. Yeah. God is dead. He goes home, he logs on to r slash (laughs) atheism, talks about his revelation. (laughs) But yeah, he's just, he's so mad at Goofy because he, now he feels like Goofy's been lying to him, but Goofy, instead of like, doing where what one of these movies would normally do and have the kid the parent like sit down and be like yes i know i li- or yes i lied santa's not real but i did it because i wanted you to be happy stuff like that goofy just maintains no santa's real yeah the thing is i think goofy's in a bit of a big boss scenario where he tells him to believe in santa because he genuinely as an adult still believes in santa yeah that's definitely how it's depicted at least and it I mean, it ends up paying off for him, ultimately, so... Yeah. Yeah, Goofy's, like, trying to comfort Max. He, like, brings him an, an old uh, t- an old teddy bear. Uh, he's just desperately trying to cheer up his child. Goofy's, like, the best dad ever. Yeah, he's a good dad. Yeah, Goofy, go- Goofy good, it turns out. But, um, <laughs> after... After the thing with the bear, he tries to play with uh, with Max with the bear and ends up getting its arm torn off because Max is still pouting. <laughs> so Goofy builds a widow's walk on the side of their house to watch for Sandy Claus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they're up there. Max is like, and you're going to fall off the roof. I know this. And... Goofy almost falls off the roof. He almost falls a good few times, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, come uh, on, it's Goofy. No, yeah. He some he somehow gets stripped down to his underwear. Uh, but he's still keeping watch. Even after Max gives up and tries to go to sleep. Yeah, we get, we get like, one of those little, like, time-passing montages where, like, It'll show Max just in different positions on his bed until ultimately, I think it's like 3 a.m. And he looks outside and Goofy is shoveling a message into their snow saying, don't forget Max. Yeah. Uh, And eventually, finally, Goofy sees... Goofy sees Santa. And he tries to get Max to see him too. But it's not Santa. It's a Beagle Boy. He's trying to rob, I assume, Pete. Yeah, I think it is. It, it, it at least looks. We don't get, like, an exact pan from the uh, from the roof down to the window, but, like, the next shot is Pete sticking his head out. So, yeah, I think he was robbing Pete's house. And, I mean, yeah, if you're going to rob anyone, I guess. Yeah. They do have Pete say what in the name of Pete is going on. For Pete... What in the name of Pete is going on for Pete's sake? Which, you know, I think that's very good and on brand for Pete. I like this depiction of him. He would do that. Yeah, there was, like, one, there was a writer somewhere that was feeling good when that line got written. But two, that is very much Pete. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next day... uh, Next scene, next scene. Uh, Next scene. Goofy Goofy loses his face in Santa. Yeah, Goofy breaks hard. 
Yeah. It's, you know, thinking about it now, th- between this and a similar scene in a Goofy movie, Goofy doesn't, <laughs> Goofy doesn't always handle it when stuff doesn't work out. Yeah. I, I mean, it takes a special kind of getting fucked over. Huh. Like, that cartoon stuff, that's no problem. But something that is, like, emotionally destroying. Yeah. That's gonna fucking do it. Right. And, like, this scene is real. made me feel really sad, because Max is trying to cheer up Goofy in all the ways Goofy was trying to cheer up Max earlier. And it's not even like he pouts and, like, brushes it off like Max was doing. Like, he is just a wall now. Just staring ahead, dead-eyed. I don't like to think about it. <laughs> Punished Goofy like, is make terrifying to behold. Ugh. Punished Venom Goofy. Uh, uh, um, so yeah, Max goes to extreme measures to cheer Goofy up, by which I mean he dresses up as Santa Claus. Yeah. And... Oh, I'm trying to remember the exact sequence of the wrap-up, but I I know that Goofy realizes that that he shouldn't that he should shouldn't be letting Max down. Yeah, he uh, he wants Santa Claus to meet Max, and Max Santa basically goes, "No, sorry, I gotta go." And Goofy like follows him up the chimney, I think, trying to catch him, and like that's when he. Almost falls off the roof and his hat and uh, hat and beard come off. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. And don't they? Yeah, and then like Goofy realizes how desperately Max is trying to get him to feel better, and he realizes he should be the adult in this situation. Uh. But then it doesn't matter, because the real Santa shows up. Yeah. Just passes over, gets Max his present he wanted, which was a snowboard with a bunch of... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's it's a very specific set of uh, descriptors for the snowboard that I do not remember at all. It's yeah, I do not remember everything that he says. But if you if you ever saw a Christmas story, every time Ralphie would discuss describe the rifle with that whole long name it's basically that just snowboard yeah uh max get a snow gets a snowboard i'm looking to see he'd also see it. santa and tries to get him to give him <laughs> presents he's like santa i believed in you all along so where's my presents yeah and then santa not being a benevolent not being a benevolent god blows all of the snow from Goofy's house. Ha- I know for sure off his house. I think off of his entire property on top of Pete's house. Our Lord and Savior Santa uh, <laughs> uh, rewards the uh, whole, rewards the pious and punishes the wicked. And <laughs> I found the uh, I found the snow ward by the way. My very own, one-of-a-kind, carbon fiber, torque rod, snappy flex, tip-to-tail, rail-to-rail, wooden cord, twin-directional snowboard. 
I thought I heard cool. tip. I thought I remembered catching tip to tail somewhere in there, but that was all I had. Yep. Uh, GTS. <laughs> there we go. Google that shit. But, but then we end on a very sweet line where Max asks Goofy what he wanted from Santa. Goofy says the same thing he asks Santa for every year, which is Max's happiness. Once again, Goofy is best dad. Yes. Yeah. Goofy and Thomas O'Malley are like my top two Disney dads. Yeah, yeah. Who's? I do not immediately remember this character. Who's Thomas O'Malley? Oh, um, the the orange cat. Yeah, the orange cat from the Aristocats. Like, oh, as soon as he meets uh, the cat, just immediately steps up and is like, you know. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna stepdad these kids, and like when people say the whole the cliche of like he's the dad that he's not the stepdad, he's the dad that stepped up. That is Thomas O'Malley, the alley cat. Abraham we'll Lacey, Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley. <laughs> I keep forgetting how how long his real name is. Man, why why haven't they done redone the Aristocats? Actually, I guess I know why. It probably didn't make as much money as some of the other some of their other movies. Yeah, let me think. You know the Aristocats. Yeah, I good. think they try to go for the. I think when it comes to remakes, they specifically try to go for uh, capital T, capital C, the canon. Yeah. Um, oh well, the live action um, Lady and the Tramp turned out all right, so. Still haven't seen that yet. It, it's actually it's not bad among the live action remakes. I didn't know there was a live action Lady in the Tramp. Wasn't it, it Netflix exclusive only? Exclusive to Disney Plus. Was it Disney Plus? Ah. Or... Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the live action Lion King, Jungle Book, or Aladdin yet. I haven't seen Aladdin. I don't. I don't think I want to see any of them unless I have to. Valid. Uh. So. I mean, uh, but anyway, I, then we go over to... Oh, what? I'm not a big fan of live-action remakes, with the specific exception of of the uh, Takashi Miike, or Japanese uh, adaptation rule of the costumes look exactly the same no matter how stupid it looks IRL. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking about the... I haven't watched it, but I'm thinking about the posters and screenshots I've seen from the live-action version of JoJo Part 4. And... Oh my god. And uh, no. Phoenix Wright. And Phoenix... And I have not seen the pictures for Phoenix Wright, but I can imagine. No, like, the main character in JoJo Part 4 has the biggest hair. And they did their level best to make that happen in the live-action movie. Not just, like, the biggest hair in the usual anime sense, but, like, a big cartoon pompadour. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, anyway, aside from Josuke being a good boy, um, <laughs> the next the next segment is Mickey and Minnie's Gift of the Magi. And, I mean, it is ultimately basically that. It's the Gift of the Magi. So if you know that story, you know what this one is. But... Uh, so yeah, let me try to remember this to the best of my ability. This, this is where I'm, I start trying to figure out if all three segments are supposed to take place at the same Christmas, because there was no overlap on the first two, so you can, 
you can say that it did and it doesn't matter. But like we see both Daisy and Pete in this one. So this is where I start trying to figure trying to figure out if they're the same. I don't think it's but supposed anyway. to be like that close, Nat. Probably you're ultimately you're right. It probably isn't. Especially because yeah. like I I honestly don't remember if the third segment has a part that takes place during Christmas Day or uh, Eve. I always think of I it as remember. like I always thought of it as like Disney. The kinda, whole thing is Christmas Eve. Right. I kind of think oh, like Disney cool. did it as like yeah. kind of like intentionally loose, so that you know you can either think that maybe it's all around the same Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, or it's just kind of happening on, like on its own. I don't know. I think it's like just left loose deliberately. Yeah, but then with the the frame narrative at the end, it tosses out this one entirely. So yeah, <laughs> because this one. This one is built around Mickey and Minnie are poor, and... Yeah. <laughs> like, the Pretty frame much. narrative, they're not poor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, these are just stories told told using these characters. Yeah. You know, that, uh... Oh, I cannot remember the fucking term. Propaganda? Uh, no, 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 no. Not <laughs> propaganda. Uh, Comedia dell'arte. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, this one. Uh, yeah. So, uh, our open. I'm. I think we open with like Mickey just trying to bring in a tree. Uh, he's hauling a tree around with Pluto. Yeah, he's got it on like a tiny sled being hauled by Pluto. Yeah. And. Uh, is uh is bringing it. Is bringing it to Minnie's house. Yep. Uh, he passes by a jewelry store and is like, "Oh man, if only I could get this this nice necklace that I could attach to Minnie's watch that she owns." Yeah. Oh yeah, the like, watch chain. Yeah. Which I guess must have been a thing at some point. I don't really remember seeing any or. I don't really remember that being a thing, people wearing watches on a necklace. I I think they've taken some creative liberties to uh, make up for various things that wouldn't make sense in in a direct adaptation. Yeah, that's fair. Or it could have also just been like, because I know, I think traditionally it's like, oh, get a chain for the pocket watch, but I guess pocket watches aren't considered girly, so it's, okay, we're just going to make her wear it as a necklace. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, and also the fact that, uh, she doesn't have long flowing hair. She doesn't yeah. have hair, period. Yeah. <laughs> she just sort of has like a short layer of fur. Yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> She's got enough to clip a bow tie into and that's all she needs. Not a bow tie, just a hair bow. Bow ties go at your neck level. Anyway... Um, but yeah, they have a short scene. I love you so much, Merry Christmas, all of that. Basically, all it does is establish um, what each of them, the the thing each of them has that they're going to sell later. Yeah, uh, Mickey's got a harmon a golden harmonica that plays amazingly well. Yeah, and Minnie's got a cool watch, her her only thing of actual value. Yeah, also Minnie says like it's her only family heirloom. I think something like that. I don't know if she says family, just heirloom, but... Oh, yeah. Either way, it's, like, really important. 
Yeah. Uh... Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Uh... Pardon me. Uh, like, Minnie is poor. She's barely able to pay her bills. Uh, she might be behind on them, I think. Uh... She definitely has a bunch of them with a bunch of red stamps on them. So either, either they're past due or, like, are due. Yeah. Either way, bad. Yeah, the point is bad. She's really hoping on her Christmas bonus to afford something nice for Mickey. Basically, it establishes uh, Mickey wants to get that chain that he saw in the store window for her watch. She wants to get him a nice case to keep his harmonica in. Which, like, he always carries it in his pocket. So, so yeah, they... Does, is the next scene Mickey at work, or is there something between that and this? I keep forgetting which one we see at work first, so I think it's Mickey first. I think it is. Oh, wait, I remember now. I, rem- I remember. they. Mickey takes uh, Minnie to uh, her job at Mortimer's, that's then right. he goes to work. Right. Yeah, I love that it's Mortimer Mouse that's her boss. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are not even just her boss. Like, for the listeners? Act- uh, yeah, Mortimer Mouse was, one, was originally what Walt wanted to name Mickey before his wife was like, no, honey, don't do that. <laughs> so instead, he was like, I'll still make another mouse named Mortimer. Did he? Is is Mortimer of Walt's creation? Or No, I, I don't mean Mickey. I mean, like, the other mouse that they have named Mortimer. I thought... Is that a pre or post Walt creation? That I don't is, remember. That one Walt made. He hasn't been in a ton of stuff in like a while. For like a lot of old cartoons, I think he was used more as like a romantic rival yeah. for Minnie's affection against Mickey. And then I guess I somewhere along the way it... they were like, meh. I always assumed he was like a more recent one, but I honestly have no idea. Yeah. Uh so where was it? Okay, so, uh, Mickey goes to work at his, uh, at, uh, Pete's tree lot, which is very entertaining because basically they're, they're selling trees the same way someone would sell a car. Yeah, they treat this whole thing like it's a, like a used car lot and Pete is like the greasy cigar smoking used car salesman. In other words, he's yeah. Pete. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, oh, what is it? He's got a bunch of, like, ten-foot trees that were, I think... Did I, ca- did I catch the scene right? Like, they were just bare, I guess, trunks that he poured a bunch of glue on and then spray-painted, like, tree over them? Yeah. Somehow? Yeah. Something like that. Eh? I think that's how most of them are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he's got these, uh... Big old ten foot tall trees. The ten footers. Call some ten footers. Uh, yeah. Uh, the ten footers are something, all right. Uh, yeah. They, of course, are the main ones that he's uh, trying to push because they're more expensive. Um, so anyone that comes in, he's doing the, I mean, like stereotypical used car or car salesman routine. Trying to get them to buy the ten footer. Yeah. Uh, Mickey is like 
Mickey, like, sets up the trees in this sort of fun cartoon way. Uh, like, and, uh, I cannot, I, after that, it, my memories get sort of vague. It, the next thing I recall is, like, the one family trap who's being pressured to buy a 10-footer. Is that, yeah, that, well, yeah. that is basically the next thing that happens. He sets them up in the fun cartoon way, and, like, leans on a pole for half a second to admire how good the trees look and gets yelled at. Right. But yeah, then basically the next thing is again, this like implied to be poor family and it's the same thing as the the last segment where they're poor in the sense that like their clothes are a little dirtier and like not as neat. Like the dad's hair, the both of the parents' hair is a little more disheveled and like they just don't have anything tucked in. It's basically it. Yeah. Mickey, in an act of sympathy, is able to uh, find the the last uh, normal sized tree for yeah, them, so Pete they can, can buy sign, that instead. Before Pete has a chance to sign the dad up on a payment plan for one of the ten footers for a freaking Christmas tree. Uh, you think that you think it's a one year payment plan so you can get the new one next year? <laughs> oh, I gotta think so. Oh, jeez. But yeah, because, yeah, Pete sure was about to do that, because... I mean, because Pete, honestly, really. Yeah, he's trying to get some money. He wants uh, the money. I don't know why I said yeah. that. Uh, after Mickey's able to sell the tree... Pete is so mad that he immediately commits wage theft. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, that was it. Somebody a little bit earlier, I don't remember what Mickey did for this family specifically. I think it was just helping them tie their tree on, and they tipped him with a fat stack of cash. Oh, yeah, this lady. Like, she, she like, gave him the, the fat stack of cash. I was not expecting that. I would have assumed the usual gag, which is just... A comically small amount instead Ugh. of a comically large amount. But no, it's enough that Mickey, like, straight up tells Pluto, Oh boy, with this... I can't do a Mickey voice. He says, with, the, with this we can... We'll have enough to get that chain for Minnie. But then Pete happens. And then Pete. Pete commits wage theft by taking the, uh... Cost of the, uh, tree out of his wages. Yeah. Uh... And some some fun employment stuff in this segment. Yeah. Uh, Mickey leaves dejected, and uh, Pete accidentally sets he sets his butt on fire. Uh, oh yeah, it did happen a second time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the fire spreads throughout the tree lot, and. Completely destroying the lot and the uh, trees. Yeah, that and were it's going to be sold. And it's a neat little bit of cause and effect on this one because the next place that Mickey goes, basically he's just kind of moping around and hanging out, um, and playing his harmonica. And a fire a firefighter toy charity drive is about to happen nearby, but their band hasn't shown up because they're all fighting the fire at the tree lot. Yeah. Um, I think next is the mini scene. Uh, 
yeah, it basically fades from like they wrote Mickey and they strong arm Mickey into like playing his harmonica for the crowd so that people will donate toys, and it basically just kind of cuts from over there from there over. To- right, right. For some reason, I thought the mini scene happened first, but for the mini scene, uh, I hate it. I hate yeah, this. Minnie's... I hate it so much. Yeah, uh, Minnie is super overworked. Daisy's her coworker. Uh, she's wrapping presents in some back room, uh, and she's just desperately hoping she gets that Christmas bonus. I fully do not believe uh, that this room has any kind of air conditioning. <laughs> just from the from the way everything else looks, I do not believe that they have that luxury. Yeah, probably not. I mean, it's. Good thing it's winter, I guess. Yes, yeah, right. Huh. But then... Which probably means they don't have any heating. Oh, you're right, yeah. Actually, yeah. But then Minnie gets called up to the boss's office for her Christmas bonus. Yeah. And it's Mortimer. Good old union-busting Mortimer. <laughs> uh, Mortimer, like, has reviewed Minnie's performance... And he is so incredibly impressed by by uh, her her sheer merit that he decides to reward her with the bonus. And the bonus is a fruitcake, and that's it. And, like, it's part of the joke is because, I mean, Christmas stuff always jokes, ha-ha, fruitcake, which I've never actually had fruitcake. I really can't say on it. Yeah. It's not terrible, but, I mean, it's not as bad as people make it out to be if it's done right, but it's yeah. not something that you would want to eat a ton of just because it's super rich, but it's like, yeah, the people that make I, fun of it are the ones that haven't had a good one, because it can be fairly decent. Okay, that's Yeah, fair. this feels like a very, I feel like I've had a fruitcake at some point in my life, but overall it's just a very uh, mid to late 20th century Americana joke. Yeah, it really is. If you guys yeah, get the chance, though, I would recommend having stolen over fruitcake, because that stuff's better. That sounds familiar. It's good. There we go. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, it's a whole thing of Mortimer talking up Minnie, but he keeps calling her Penny. Yeah. And he calls her Penny and Winnie. Oh yeah, he does toss Winnie in there, too. Um, but yeah, like, not getting her name right, but still talking about how impressed he is with her performance. And how, yeah, and here's your bonus, and it's a fruitcake. And... I'm, what I'm saying is uh, the employees at Mortimer's desperately need to unionize. They super do. I don't uh, even think we see Daisy again. She kind of just leaves all sad. <laughs> yeah. She really does. Like, like, I got it. Did she tell Daisy what happened, or did she just go home for the day? Because honestly, I'd kind of just go home for the day. Or at least so yeah, much she, she did. Right. She had to leave early so she could meet up with uh, Aunt Gerda for the drive over and and experience infinite Christmas. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, this is, I think, the last we see of, of Minnie until, like, the ending scene, huh? I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we cut... After that, we cut back to Mickey. And, uh... Mickey is, like, terrified, uh, discouraged, but then, like, I do find, uh, he, 
he gives a he has to perform for this toy drive, and one little kid is able to uh, give up his teddy bear, and that's just what he needs to get the motivation to do the thing. Yeah, he realizes, okay, I can sell this harmonica, and that will be enough to get Minnie her or that gold chain for her watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so after the whole scene with the harmonica, he's going to the jewelers to, uh, to, uh, exchange the thing, and, like, at first, at first the jeweler's like, I'm, that's not worth a lot, I'm not going to <laughs> yeah, buy he that just you. I, it's not worth very much, like, okay, thanks. Yeah, he, he actually is, like, going, he's, uh, he is, like, closing up and leaving. Yeah. But then he feels, like, incredibly bad for Mickey and just agrees, yeah, I'll exchange the harmonica for a necklace. So Mickey's so happy because now yeah. he can get the present for Minnie. He goes over to her house. Presumably the next scene is over there. <laughs> and... The two of them have, like, a little bit of, like, awkward banter of both trying to, like, trip around, not not revealing what they did yet. Um, like, something along the lines of, like, Minnie's like, hey, how about you play some music? And he's like, oh, gosh, look at the time. Hey, speaking of the time, what time, what, what does your watch say? And she's like, eh, it's time to open presents. Yep. They exchange gifts. They realize what they've done for each other. And decide... You know what? The uh, my other partner has put a lot of work into getting me this gift, even if I wasn't able to uh, appreciate it truly. But that doesn't matter because I appreciate them and what they did. Yeah, uh, like I don't remember what Minnie says, but Mickey straight up says something like, "You're all the music I'll ever need," which is very sweet. And I guess this is probably part of the parental rating because I'm pretty sure they kissed as the scene fades out. I mean, they did put in that warning for, you know, kissing and hugging. <laughs> oh, noes. <laughs> we do get a shot of Pluto and Figaro snuggling by the fire, which is also very sweet. Duh. Yeah. In which uh, we recently watched Pinocchio, so this has been confusing Grayson for why Figaro's oh. there, but he was also in Pinocchio. <laughs> I mean, he's got to earn a great. paycheck, too. Yeah. I mean, I'd be wondering if I were in Grayson's place, probably. Yeah, I mean, heck, I'm older than him, and I've wondered about that. Like, how did that happen? But somehow or another, somewhere along the way, they decided that he's Minnie's cat now. Yeah. Uh, and I think that ends the last segment, which... It... We... Yeah? It does, yeah. We, we hop back to the frame narrative. Basically long enough to get, like, uh, kind of a short scene of all of the characters that we've seen so far, like, coming together to sing Christmas carols. But everybody's wearing, like, much nicer stuff, because in reality, they're all richer than the characters that they portrayed in, in their stories. Yeah, they were playing, they're, they're actors. That's the thing. Um... So yeah, they they sing. They all sing their own song. I think they like mix things up a bit with like mixing carols or something. Kind of like, like they'll have, movie. yeah, they'll have like Mickey and Minnie start one, and then it'll sort of fade into 
I think Max taking over to start one with him and Goofy, which does the same thing for uh, Donald and the other Ducks. Ooh, Donald and the Ducks would be a good band. <laughs> I mean, you'd be, you would be facing Disney lawyers for daring to name your your group that, but this is true. Actually, never mind. Disney, I didn't say that. <laughs> if you're listening, which I know you probably are. I was looking to see if there actually is a band. I, I don't see anything on looking it up, but I wouldn't be surprised if there is some tribute band out there called Donald and the Ducks. Yeah, I believe that. Who knows? I mean, there's a Harry Potter um, tribute band called Harry and the Potters from my hometown, so. Uh, I didn't know that. I feel like I did. Wait, what does a Harry Potter tribute band play? Is it just like the song from the third movie? The the soundtrack? I can't remember what they played. I think there's like a budding genre because I feel like I've heard it either called like Magic Core or Muggle Core now. You mean like folk songs? Kinda, I guess. I don't know. Oh, Harry and the Potters are an American rock band known for spawning the genre of wizard rock. That's it. Why was I thinking it was Wizard Rock sounds cooler than I would ever give credit to a band named after (laughs) Harry Potter. Right? I'm pretty sure they performed at 4th Street Live. It was when um, the 6th, either the 6th or the 7th Harry Potter book came out. They turned 4th Street Live and downtown Louisville into Diagon Alley. And I think Harry and the Potters performed. Nice. It was pretty cool, but anyway, that be the whole po- the whole point of that was I was I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere there was a Donald and the Ducks tribute band that is most likely hiding because, as you mentioned, hiding from Disney lawyers. But yeah, I'd believe it. That makes sense. Yep, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. This is a purpose of nothing, but it did remind me of something. I learned from listening to Fabi talk on Where's Podwood? I'm Scared, which is that in Mexico, uh, Three Kings Day is known as Dia de los Reyes Magos el Dia de Reyes. Er, sorry, let me restart that. I messed it up. Uh, Dia, de los Re- Dia, Dia de los Reyes Magos, which translates to Festival of the Wizard, or Day of the Wizard Kings. Oh, nice. that's neat. Have I do not know. Um, if we're ready to to call it, then I think we've got one question. I think, yeah, I think we have. Oh, I do want to note like the credit song because I did have that on in the background, uh, when I finished. Because what we get is an extremely turn of the millennium song, uh, that's like a remix of Christmas music but with this whole that era tune to it. It's very good. I love to hear it. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll grant. Uh, so, with that in mind, uh, let's go to questions. So, it looks like Casey did put... Uh... We only got questions from Casey, but it looks like she did post a few different ones. So, we've got a couple to ask here. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Deep Sea asked one. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, there it is. Wait, no. Yeah. What? Listeners, if you want to send in a question, you can send it in at uh, 
at Disney minus pod in response to our ask tweets, or you can respond at any time you like. If you join our discord server and ask in Mickey's mailbag. Looks like the first one is from Casey. Uh, So if you're stuck in a time loop, what skill would you try to hone? Um, And she does specify if you could become really good at something before you found a way to end the loop. Uh, Guitar for me. Ooh, that'd be a good one. I started taking lessons from a co-worker of my mom's when I was like 18. Mm -hmm. But then the guy got fired and I think he moved. (laughs) And then like just other stuff kept getting in the way and I haven't gone back to taking lessons. So I would probably try and pick that up. Yeah, the tricky thing here is I feel like it has to be something where you don't need a teacher because otherwise you're not going to get the teacher isn't going to give you more lessons unless they're also in the time loop. Right, because otherwise you're just learning the the same thing over and over. Hey, but you get real good at that (laughs) G-Horde. You get really good at Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. So... With that in mind, ooh, this is a tough one. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of skills I'd like to develop, but I don't know if I could develop them on my own. I guess getting really good at, like, I can't even say getting good at a video game because my I'll lose my safe. Oh, wait, duh, I'd be speedrunning. Oh, crap, there you go. Oh, Lord. <laughs> No, yeah, time loop would be perfect for it. Well, that's true, because you get to learn, like, all the little... You can anticipate everything. That makes sense. Yeah. I have done one speedrun ever, and it was on Resident Evil 7. You've done a speedrun? Uh, well, like, not, a, not like, an official, like, straight-up speedrun, but they have an achievement on there if you beat the game in under three hours, I think it is. Which is basically just... Running, run through, do the thing, and just, like just if you just go through, solve each puzzle, and like don't really take time to look around. Right. Okay. Uh, I would do something okay. like. I mean, guitar. I kind of would agree with because I actually did have an acoustic guitar at one point. But I think honestly, archery or firing a gun. Nah. Because art. Well, just archery. Like I've always been interested in it. So, like, I would Fair. really because I just think it'd be fun to do. Plus, also, that would be slightly less dangerous than me being given a gun and being like, here, shoot this over <laughs> and over. I mean, I have been shooting before. Um, when I first moved here, my uh, Kyle and Kate did take me, my brother and sister did take me to a range, and I did pretty decently. I mean, and when I was dating one of my ex-boyfriends, at one point, he showed me just how to, like, shoot a couple of guns in his backyard just for just to learn, because I had honestly never held a gun in my life, but I think I would just, yeah, I think I, if nothing else, I would like to do archery, just because it's something fun. There you go. And it's I new. think if I, if I were in the situation to be in a time loop and, like, know that I was, I think instead of, I honestly think instead of trying to learn some, learn a skill throughout it, I would instead put more energy into having, like, one perfect version of the loop, where I just set stuff up so it Rube Goldberg's itself. To just work everything out. I can see you doing that. 
I think the fun part would just be watching how many times it fails and how spectacularly it fails until you finally get it to work right. Yeah, right? And then that one time that everything works perfectly and it's just, mm. All right. Uh, let's see. Our next question from Casey is, uh, what's your favorite Santa interpretation? And for me, it's the, there's no contest. It's it's definitely, absolutely uh, a hot Russian Santa from uh, Legends of the Guardians. <laughs> oh my god, I had I've, I haven't watched that movie in forever. I had forgotten about him, but yeah, no, that's a good Santa. Thinking about it. <laughs> um, what I was going to say, but now it might actually be number two now that you've reminded me of hot russian santa as much as i as much as i regret that the actor is not a good person i do and mainly i think because i watched it so much as a kid i do like the tim allen santa claus from the santa claus how did i know you were gonna say that you know i watched the movies i we were watching them a few days ago and i literally was just sitting there like it is i hate so much that he's such a bad person because the movies themselves are for the time they came out, okay. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, you know, if I had, if you had chosen Naughty last episode, I would have said the Santa Claus because I fucking hate Tim Allen. Fair. Uh, yeah. Extremely uh, valid. <laughs> oh, I just like I haven't seen a lot of Tim Allen stuff in a while, but I remember his characters always being like good dudes. So. Mm. Why him? Why he gotta be like the way he is? Why are you the way that you are? Yeah. Yeah. Cause no, yeah, isn't he Woody? Yeah. yeah. No, I thought no. he was Buzz. No, you're right. Woody get... is Tom. No, Hanks. you're right. Woody. Yeah, Allen. No, you're right. Yeah, Woody is Tom Hanks. Tim Allen is Buzz. For some reason, my mind always flops the two. Whenever right. I no, you're right. Sure. I mean, we know that they're in there. We just couldn't remember which was which. <sighs> I gotta say, my favorite Santa would, if I had to pick, would actually be the one from Nightmare Before Christmas. Ah, uh, that's fair. Just because one, it's, you know, it's Santa, but also just the fact that by the end of the movie, he's like everybody else. He is just done with all the shit. I know. I he's love like, how done y'all he are is crazy. by the end of the movie. He's like, y'all are crazy. I'm out of here, and she's the only one that's actually sane here, so why the Aren't you listening to her? <laughs> but then, he, but then he still gives them all snow and stuff, so they can still enjoy Christmas. Yeah. No. Speaking of Nightmare Before Christmas, though, earlier at the beginning of the time loop segment, where they say like it's 365 days till the next Christmas. Yeah. I could only respond with the werewolf just shouting 364. <laughs> I'm only an elected official. I can't make decisions by myself. Uh, and our last question from Casey. What gifts would you get your fellow co-hosts? They don't have to be ironic. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> See, that was a really creepy laugh, whichever one of you just did that. That was unintentionally was creepy. I did not mean it as a creepy laugh, but it just came out that way. Bullshit. I no, I promise on that. I believe you. Um, I don't. Hmm. 
Well, assuming I have the time and resources. Let's say, like, no... we'll, we'll assume for this question that time and resources aren't an issue. Yeah. Uh... Um, honestly, and now that I'm thinking about it, I could probably do this for you now. Uh, I could, I have a lot of PDFs of, uh, cookbooks I've gotten from hum Humble Bundle. I could probably send those over to you. Oh. And for Steven. I adore cookbooks. Um, for Steven, I gotta go with, uh. Hmm. You know, you've talked a lot about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I have a brand. So, I'm probably going to get you a PS4 in the Kingdom Hearts collection. <laughs> hey! Which I have, so... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get for the man who... For the person who has everything? <laughs> Cole. Ah, mean. <laughs> no, um, let's see. For Steven, I would get you, and again, we're assuming time and money, not a thing. Um, just because it's like, it's what you've been talking about the most, I would like try to either get you something signed by, or if it was ever like a convention, like a meet and greet with like the voice actors from JoJo. Yeah, that's fair. And then. American or Japanese? Uh, I'm I am dub crew pretty much all the way. Uh, I watched part five subbed be so that I could keep up with uh with Yari Yari boys, but otherwise I've been dub crew all the way. I would probably get him the dub, yeah. And then for Dan, I would either get you your own copy of the Game of Thrones cookbooks. I think you would get a kick out of those, the modern and the more book faithful recipes. Um, or just because usually if I don't like know somebody frequently i tend to cook and bake for them so you would get like good like baked or cooked goodies from me oh hell yeah i'll make you like cake mi i'll make you cake mix cookies and like my step grandpa's pineapple upside down cake done in the cast iron skillet the only proper way to do it <laughs> it is uh let me see cat i mean i know you can't hear it i at least know you well enough to know i can't go wrong with something fox and or hedgehog related right True, true. <laughs> so I would, like, we've joked about it a couple times, but I would probably get, like, a little toy fox to keep on your desk or something. I would totally have it on my computer. Dan, going a similar route, I would probably try to see if I could dig up, like, a Sega and any of the original Sonic games. Oh, badass. Uh, yeah, so I think that about... Wraps that up, so... Did did Deep Sea have a question? I thought you said... I thought Deep Sea had a question, but it was just... It wasn't a question for the podcast. They were just trying to They were asking if this was the one, one. Right, they were just asking if this was the movie that had the gift for the Magi episode. Oh, okay, good. I thought Discord was not showing me something. No, Casey was the only one that gave us actual questions this time. Thank you, Casey. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Thanks, Casey. Thank you, Casey. Uh, we love you, Casey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let... So, we've got to decide a new movie. It's for, uh... the, for the new year. Right, it's the yeah. random one, too, isn't it? Yeah, it is random's turn. Oh, God. Yeah. And, uh, let me see. Unless either of y'all want to, I 
uh, did already take the liberty of pulling up a random number generator. All right. On All right. our on our main list, uh, so with the holiday stuff removed, uh, mm-hmm. we have 582 entries. Oh, God. Right? And so let's go. Please don't be another fever dream. Oh, God. It's number 26. What is this? Oh, God. That's an early one. That's lower than I would have expected for a random number. Right. Uh, it is Westward Ho, the wagons from 1956. Is that even is that... on Disney Plus? Hang on. I'm I gotta check this. I'll say I'm looking too. What is it? West... Wait. Westward Ho? Yeah. Oh, damn it. Westward Ho, the wagons. I have to re-download the app real quick. My phone randomly offloads shit. It's not on Disney Plus. <laughs> okay, well, we can't uh, watch it. <laughs> yeah, uh, why don't you strike that off the list and try to roll for something else? Yeah, well, I'm going to start. See, well, let me see if it's like on Netflix, because if it is, I can let you guys use mine if you don't have it. Steven, I think I, you don't, do. I have it. I don't think it is. I think Disney has pretty much scrubbed everything off of Netflix. Probably. Oh, absolutely. Wait, 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 wait. Explorer titles. Re- no, not Wentworth. What the? <laughs> okay, not yeah, me. no, it's not on Netflix. I'm going to make. I'm gonna start a separate list down at the bottom for like stuff that wasn't on Disney Plus. But yeah, so we can keep track of it. Yeah. Um I remember linking you a letterbox that has the list of it, but that might be that would be excruciating to put into a numbered list. So why don't we try again and remove one from the numbers? Yeah. Okay, so 581. Okay. Stop giving me this in- the double digits. I'm cheating and hitting it a couple extra times. <laughs> okay, here we go. 434. Okay. Ah, scrolling back up. 434 is Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3 Viva La Fiesta. Oh my god! I didn't even First off, I didn't know there was a First third off, one. I'm not sure if that's if are those Disney movies? I feel like I don't think that they were, right? How'd they get on the list? I'm then? looking at Disney Plus and they are. Okay. Um okay, so It's on that's Disney Plus. One out of the way. Uh two. Do we wanna start with three or one? I mean, I I'm okay with starting Bever- with three. I highly doubt Beverly Hills Chihuahua is a hard plot line to follow if you watch them out of order. I, right. I'm completely okay with starting with number three, but I also don't care enough to fight it if y'all want to start at number one. I honestly don't care. I lean slightly towards starting with one. That's fair. I'll, oh, yeah, I'll go with it. Okay. Uh, what year did that come out? Hang on. Okay, uh, that was Beverly. 2008. First... I got a small apple. Yeah. There it is. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. 2008. At least it's kind of short. It's only about an. At least they're all short. They're only about an hour and a half. God, isn't George Lopez in this? I I didn't know that all the talking dog. It I didn't know the talking dog canon was all Disney. This is. A revelation. God, are we really gonna watch Beverly Hills Chihuahua? We are now. Oh lord. <laughs> Jamie Lee you know, Curtis is in it. She what? 
Jamie Lee Curtis is in Beverly Hills Chihuahua. And yes, George Lopez is the Chihuahua. Yeah, I thought I remembered George that. George Lopez. He's Poppy, of oh. course. I don't know if Jamie Lee Curtis is a Chihuahua in the movie, but she's in the cast list. Drew Barrymore plays a talking dog. I knew she was in it. Hey, Cheech is in it. Which, yeah, of course he is. That definitely wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he was already Tito in Oliver and Company. There you go. I was. Yes. If this is torture, pin me to the wall. Uh, Chain me to the wall, whatever. Oh. I guess in about three weeks, since we probably want to start after New Year's. Yeah, uh, the uh, next recording should be January the 3rd. Yeah, because I, right. I won't even be back in town until then. Yeah, that was it. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I'm going to be, if all goes well and I'm able to get the day off, I'll actually be back in town at some point on the 2nd and then have the 3rd off. All right, so on January 3rd, we're watching <laughs> Beverly Hills Chihuahua. <laughs> I know you all are gonna be dying for it. Uh, we'll we'll be something. We'll be dying, that's for sure. <laughs> also, I might be leaving the podcast after this one. Not a joke, just a personal thing. So I gotta say, I'm ending it on a bang. <laughs> You're going out on a chihuahua, Dan. <laughs> oh, oh no. Um, but yes. Um. Uh, but yeah. So in anticipation for that, um. I have reached out and found someone else who will be joining us, at least for that episode. Uh, Dan, if you decide to stick around, uh, then we can, I guess, kind of talk it out from there. Um, if you are still leaving, this will be their first episode and your last. So go Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Oh, boy. God help us. You know... <laughs> you know, I was... I almost kind of wish we were getting one of the forgettable mid-century films. God, I mean, instead I we're getting cheat. a forgettable late two thousands film. I mean, we can we can cheat. Uh, it's our podcast. This is we true. Can, no, no, I I I want to do this. This. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang! All right, all right. So let's take it to a close. Uh, Every day we start with... further from Walt Disney's grace. Good. Um, <laughs> Steven, where can we find you? Hell, eventually. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, in terms of internet, um, I have my own Twitter at Marshmallow. It's spelled like Marshmallow, but it's got my name in it. And I have a joke Twitter that I do at dad underscore tastic, where I post dad jokes every day. Cat of... Are you still just, like, on a couple Discord servers? Yeah, I'm mostly lurking around Discord. Uh, you'll find me under the tag Zura, usually in Norse or Pagan ones. And just remember, whatever you do, always give 100%, unless you're donating blood. Uh, and I am Dan. You can find me at a lot of places. And you can find all those places at linktr.ee slash Mike underscore Dawson with a zero. From there, you can find my Twitter. You can find my other you can find my other podcasts, which include Pot of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Uh we are going to be doing a game of the year episode. Uh that's gonna be fun. I we've we're gonna pro probably talk about a lot of video games. We're gonna get we're gonna make up awards probably. <laughs> uh 
there you can listen to the Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic lore podcast that I do with uh uh Morg and uh Devin. We have been we've been having some scheduling issues with the latest episode, but hopefully we'll get t- get it taken care of soon. Uh you can listen to Strangers Fiction, uh an audio entropy podcast actual play podcast focused on one shots of indie rpgs uh i am in a campaign where we are playing get your game on uh a Yu-Gi-Oh gx inspired rpg and and last but not least you can visit at xbox underscore holiday where usher celebrates holidays with xbox Merry Christmas, Xbox, and Happy New Year, Xbox. Yay. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're good holidays. I'm just... Happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Drained in anticipation. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. Fuck Walt Disney and the, and the Disney Company, which I now know is what it's called. Uh... <laughs> And a uh, happy new year. Uh, no, I it's I assume you're are you ref, uh, are you referencing um uh Marinara No Marinara too I think Nightmare and Era. Yeah, I found out from Nightmare and Era that's what it's actually called. So yeah. now I I I don't know that. Uh yeah, it is the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, and Disney also Corp. from last week, fuck Johnny Depp. Uh yeah. Uh, I guess since we were talking about it, fuck Tim Allen. Yeah. Tim yeah, Allen, why uh, you gotta be the way you are? Ooh, okay. Uh, anything? It's that's it. Uh, goodbye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>